Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Rudy Giuliani Show. Well, welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show. Here with you today, again, is Andrew Giuliani in place of America's mayor. Um, as I am right now watching uh, a quick Biden gaggle here with Zelensky in the Oval Office. Man, do I wish Trump was back in the Oval Office. I remember... Those Oval Office meetings with foreign world leaders, with uh, domestic leaders, with uh, kind of anybody you can imagine. I remember one specifically with Kissinger talking to him right outside of the Oval Office before he went in. And my goodness, just looking at Biden, you can see just how um, just defeated he looks, right? He looks like an old man and uh, Zelensky's going in there and, and begging for money on this. There's... Uh, updates already with Schumer's meeting on Zelensky. I'll get into that in a little bit here, as well as uh, Johnson, the House Speaker's meetings with Zelensky here on Capitol Hill. Uh, obviously, we know that they have Republicans have tried to tie the aid to Ukraine to the border wall, an idea that I think is brilliant because it seems like the left's priorities are more on Ukraine's borders than they are on our southern and northern border. By the way, this is something that. While she's been in the news recently for what we're going to start off talking about, she was really focused for a long time on the northern border, and that is Elise Stefanik, somebody who was really highlighting the fact that the northern border is also a disaster, and you're starting to see the immigration come in there. Obviously very important for New York, New York because we share a border. I think some about 300, maybe probably more like 400 miles if you think about the lakes end up bordering with Canada as well on in the state of New York. Um, and then I'm, I'm hearing whispers at this point. And again, they're just whispers, so I don't have as much concrete facts here on this. But I am hearing whispers of a potential indictment at some point in the coming few weeks, potentially before the end of the year um, with someone high up in City Hall. Again, waiting for more facts on this. This is just something that I have been heard, hearing from somebody who is a source who has been accurate on their two other predictions that they've made with me already, and they have not confirmed or denied whether or not that is the mayor or not. But I think it's something that uh, I will certainly be keeping a very, very close eye on here in the coming weeks. Uh, I want to start today, though, with the Harvard president who, uh, yeah, she's in at Harvard. How about that? You know, uh, kind of amazing when you see what we saw from Congress here just a week ago today. The fact that they could not say that calling for an infatata against the Jewish people, genocide against the Jews, was actually something that was against the Harvard Code of Ethics, same thing with MIT and same thing with the University of Pennsylvania, which fired McGill already. And I shouldn't say fired McGill. They demoted her, really, because she still 
is getting a paycheck from him, but uh, just can't be our president because uh, not because of anything, any moral stand that we as a university have made, but because it would look too bad. It would look too bad. Uh, so Harvard, the president is still in. You've had uh, over 500 people sign a letter in support of her saying that she is dedicated to changing the culture at Harvard. She has listened to making sure that uh, it is a welcoming environment for everybody, uh, I guess, except if you're Jewish. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe if you believe in Western civilization, maybe it's not so welcoming if you're Jewish or you actually believe in a concept called Western civilization. I wonder if they actually teach a Western civ at Harvard anymore. That's something that I if anybody knows, by the way, open up the phone lines. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. If you know if they teach Western civilization at Harvard then uh, I'd love to know that. Western civilization generally is taught in grade school, but looking at how much we've actually lost from reading and mathematics over the last five years, maybe it's now a college course. I don't know. I would imagine it's not because that probably is, uh, that's probably a microaggression. Yeah, that's right. You know what was interesting? I mentioned this yesterday, and I thought about the fact that on these college campuses, while it didn't bother these presidents hearing for genocide against Jews. Remember, the last five, six years, we've been hearing about a term called microaggressions. Now, this to me, ladies and gentlemen, has been one of the biggest jokes that I could think of. As somebody who's grown up in New York City, who grew up around cops, who grew up around my father, who spent four years working for President Trump, knowing him for 25 years and spending a lot of time with him, who hang around WABC with the likes of the Curtis Lewis of the world and the Sid Rosenbergs of the world. If you can't take a microaggression or a macroaggression, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, then you got to go and dig your head back into that stand and, I, I don't know, become an ostrich or something like that. Because this truly is the weakening of the American culture. If you can't go out there and realize that, guess what? In life, you're going to get a couple of scrapes. Get up. Learn to get up with these scrapes. But it got me thinking, microaggressions, where did they come from? Well, you want to know the ironic thing about microaggressions? It was coined by a Harvard professor in the 1970s. How ironic is that? This guy's name is Chester Pierce, and he coined the term microaggressions back in the 1970s at Harvard. So, again, uh, microaggressions, we're going to create safe spaces we're going to make sure that if you get looked at the wrong way, uh, that if there is a suggestion that you could be offended by something that may not have been intended to offend somebody, but if you may have been offended by a look, by a thought, talk about the thought police, um, then you would be more in the wrong on a campus like Harvard than if you called for genocide of Jews. Now, not to be a George Carlin over here, because I think I'd get taken off the radio here pretty quickly if I went through those seven words. It was seven words, I believe it was, right? Those seven words of George Carlin. But I did want to get a list of microaggressions and some examples. And I was running through this uh, before, and it actually, some of these really, really made me laugh. If you tell somebody who's not from America that, you speak English very well, then that is a microaggression. Kind of amazing to me because guess what? 
I don't speak a second language. I guess I don't have the intelligence to do it. I, you know, I, I worked on Spanish, but uh, my Spanish was terrible. I mean, I used to say when I get stuck in class, uh, hablo un poco español. That means speak a little bit of Spanish. Uh, but New York City, pero New York City, SL, mejor city in the world. New York City is the best city in the world. Um, so, uh, so that's what would get me out of my duties in Spanish class. Terrible, right? I, I can't speak Spanish. If somebody said, Andrew, you speak Spanish, well, first off, I would know that they were patronizing me because you just got a little bit of an example of my Spanish speaking, no bueno. Um, but if for some reason I did speak Spanish well and I put the time and effort to do that and somebody said, Andrew, you speak Spanish well, you know what I would do? A little bit of me, my chest would swell up with a little bit of pride and say, you know, the work that I put into that, it was worth it. I got a nice compliment from a nice human being about that. Now, if you want to talk about intelligence, you are a credit to your race. That is a microaggression, according to a list from uh, UCLA, Diversity and Faculty Development. Um, in terms of colorblindness, when you say, I don't see color. Now, I, I will say this. I see color. I think we all see color, right? I know if somebody is walking by me, if they're white or if they're black and all that stuff. I think the key point in all of this is just because somebody is white or black, I'm not going to treat them any differently because of the color of their skin. That's something from a guy named Martin Luther King. How about that? I will measure. I can't wait till we are measured on the content of our character and not the color of our skin. Or how about this? America is a melting pot. That is a microaggression. I'm surprised it's only a microaggression because according to these crazy characters, uh, America being a melting pot, America is a colonist land, according to them. I guess they didn't realize that there's no country in history that has worked to get rid of slavery, worked for civil, civil rights faster than the United States of America. Really, since our founding documents, we have been looking internally in trying to figure out what have we done wrong, how can we get better. That does not mean that America is forever tainted. What that means is America is forever trying to improve, right? That's the thing that you should come out in all of this. Um, here's one, and this is probably kind of stupid to say, right? If uh, if you're saying, if you're, if you're kind of being confronted, let's say, about, yeah, maybe, maybe you're not the, uh, you know, maybe you don't have enough friends uh, that, are, that are of, uh, no, 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 I, I'm not racist. I have several black friends. Okay, don't don't say that. That's kind of stupid right there. I wouldn't call that a microaggression, but it's kind of kind of stupid, I'll put it there. Um, there are a couple other good ones in here, too, as well. I'll get to a couple more in a little bit here. But the point being, major point being is there's a complete double standard, right? When you see what these college campuses have done with Israel in particular, and I specifically focus on Israel and, and the terrorist, the pro-terrorist protests on these college campuses led uh, by, see, some of the people that are presidents of the law school. Take a look at NYU, for example. Um, it is absolutely crazy when you think that you can go and call for genocide against people. And then, by the way, this is not like this happened yesterday and they were called down to congress these presidents were called down to congress the next day and they didn't have time to think about their answers which by the way might be as good of an indication as any to where they actually stand on an issue 
they brought in, I think it was Wilmer Hale as a, as a, as a law firm, but they had law firms. They had strategists looking at this saying, what will this mean to the future of Harvard University? What will this mean to Massachusetts Institute of Technology? What could this mean to the University of Pennsylvania? And guess what? They still botched it completely. They still showed that they absolutely have no clue about what this hate speech, what this actually means on their private campus. Haven't stuck up for the First Amendment. They have not stuck up for the First Amendment for the last decade, at least publicly for the last decade. Conservative, you're a conservative speaker, you're not welcome here. We're going to cancel your stuff, and guess what? That same mob that is calling for genocide of Jews that we talk about having a First Amendment right, they don't believe about giving you a First Amendment right. You have somebody that's a conservative speaker, let's say, on there that's coming to your campus that might actually be good for true diversity, diversity of thought, right? You should have diversity of thought. That's part of critical thinking. You should be presented with ideas that are liberal, conservative, and you should look at everything and say, hey, let me try to figure out how to solve this problem. What's a better way to solve this problem? Is it for government to grow? Is it for there to be a larger budget? Or is it for for government to be more efficient? There are merits to both of those, potentially. There certainly is a heart, and I believe there certainly is a way in which you actually look at, okay, what's the logical way about it? Guess what? It's a public policy discussion that should be had. But no, on college campuses, you're conservative. You can't be having that philosophy right here. Well, look. When we get back, we're diving more into this, and I want your calls as well. 1-800-848-9222. Andrew Giuliani in for America's mayor here today. Come on back. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Andrew Giuliani in for America's Mayor today, who is down in Washington, D.C., as many of you know. I think he'll be back here with us tomorrow, so you have that to look forward to. Until then, you'll have to stomach the next 35 minutes with me. Um, one of the things I've been really following today, as I know you have as well, is the fact that uh, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, is in Washington, D.C. Uh, now he's currently meeting with President Biden. They are in the Oval Office 
I can only imagine what it must be like for a foreign leader to actually meet with Biden and what the, let's call them kitchen cabinet conversations must be like with the people that you trust the most, right? I mean, whenever I would talk with President Trump about stuff, there were official times and there are times when you're, you know, you're talking a little bit more in private, let's say. I cannot imagine that any of these guys take him seriously. And I think what Zelensky realizes is very simple, right? We kind of own this guy, right? He's a guy who has, his son has directly profited from his relationship with the Ukraine. He's a guy who publicly went out there and got the, bragged about getting the prosecutor fired who was investigating Hunter's company, right? Went out there and bragged about it. Son of a gun, he said. You didn't say gun, son of a bee. Get him fired right there. And I did. Guess what? I did. Because six hours, you ain't getting that aid. He tied U.S. direct aid to having Hunter, to having the person investigating Hunter fired. So I can't imagine that any of these foreign leaders actually look at this and think that this is anything but just, okay, this is a money grab for Biden. This is the way that he looks at it. We make sure that, you know, he gets the right, you know, seven-figure checks, basically, goes to the right places. We're going to get our multi-billion dollar um, aid package that we need. So I'm looking at all this, and I think the fact that Johnson and Republicans tried to tie aid to Ukraine to the border wall, I think it makes perfect sense. Because what it's doing is it's reprioritizing actually where the executive branch's priority should be. They're more concerned with the Ukraine border and the integrity of the Ukraine border, which is a concern. Look, I don't want to go and do a 180 completely and say, well, we shouldn't we should give zero dollars to Ukraine because I actually don't think that is in the best interest. What I do think is that we could be supporting Ukraine and supporting American interests in Ukraine, which is tying down, bogging down Russia, that is a, that is of direct importance to the United States of America. I think we could probably do that at half, maybe even a third of the cost that we're spending now. And that's why it is so important to see clarity, to see a line by line of where all this money went. So when you see Chuck Schumer saying that, you know, we're willing to meet in the middle on Ukraine funding for the border wall, the middle with Republicans on this, but uh, the demands of Republicans are unrealistic. They're fringe. No, they're not, Chuck. Your ideas and your party's ideas of having completely open borders are radical, and they're directly hurting the United States of America. That's radical. Biden by the way, in the Oval Office, said Congress needs to give Ukraine the supplemental funding they need or they will give Putin a great Christmas gift. Look, Joe, here's the thing. Secure our southern border. You know it's a problem now. Your advisors know it's a problem now. They know it's going to cost you the presidency. So start doing something about it. Start actually getting the money to where it needs to go. I know, sadly... All that border money doesn't get looped around and washed back in to the Biden pockets. But why don't you start representing the United States of America instead of your own family interests?
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Andrew Giuliani in for America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani, who should be back with you tomorrow. You know, I I know we don't talk too much sports here, but I am a massive Giant fan. I've been suffering most of the year. And i got to tell you, great to see the New York football Giants win yesterday. Um, And how about Tommy DeVito's agent? I mean, i got to tell you, I would just be a little careful with him. They Somebody let the guy know. There are 87,000 new IRS agents. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that we should profile people. After all, we are going to go into uh, some microaggressions over here. But if I am an IRS agent, I might take a look at that guy. If you haven't seen what he's looked like, he's got his pinstripe suit on. He's got his fedora. Uh, and I might say, you know, have you ever met a guy named Uncle Sam? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Tommy, I'm just telling you. You might just want to take a look and make sure that everything is above board there and you're not just being paid completely in cash on your uh, on your stuff. This is coming from an Italian-American over here, and uh, I'm just telling you, it has been hysterical to watch, though. I have been truly enjoying it. And as somebody who likes to, uh, guess what? I like to have a little joke at the expense of my heritage, of our heritage. Guess what? That's what, that's what the beautiful part of being... New Yorkers in a melting pot is we get to joke about things like that. Not in a terrible, mean way, in a fun loving way right there. Right. It's it's fun. By the way, during the break, I was looking through a few more of these microaggressions. And uh, this will tell you exactly where this comes from, because they talk about the myth of meritocracy. So that immediately tells you that they are communists, right? A meritocracy is something that we find in the free market here, specifically in the United States of America, certainly all throughout the ideals of our founding fathers, the Constitution, the Federalist Papers, and all this stuff. So here are a couple more microaggressions for you out there. I believe the most qualified person should get the job. That's a microaggression. Yes, it is. America is the land of opportunity. That's a microaggression. I guess Apollo Creed was yelling microaggressions out there when he was promoting his fight with Rocky Balboa. Everyone can succeed in this society if they work hard enough. Oh, my goodness. I think I've already microaggressed my daughter, Grace, then, who's two years old, because uh, I think I've told her a lot of this stuff, certainly about the hard work. And affirmative action is racist. Well, uh, I guess they didn't realize that uh, the Supreme Court would actually rule that um, it is against a meritocracy here. And there were mere problems with affirmative action. By the way, this is one that I was having a little joke at before, too. And I think this is pretty funny. One of the last ones that they list out of microaggressions here is when a person asks a woman, her age, which, by the way, that's just that's just being dumb. You don't ask a woman their age. That's like, you know, that's just 101, like being a human being. Like, don't don't get yourself in trouble over here. Um, and uh, and upon hearing that the woman is 31 years old, he quickly looks at the ring finger. 
<laughs> that's, that's pretty, uh, you know what you shouldn't do, and this I, I got to give uh, Matt Stoney Phil over here a shout out for this because this is his original idea, not my idea. Uh, don't ask her age first off when she tells you she's thirty one. Don't look at her ring finger and then start pointing to your watch over here and saying tick tock tick tock. That's how you get slapped over here, uh, and that's uh, that's probably just not too smart at all there. So hey. Let's go to the phone lines over here. Let's hear exactly what's getting you up there. Guess what? I always like hearing about my namesake. No, no, no. He's not my namesake, but he is Andrew Cuomo, and we're trying to make Andrews great again over here. Let's go to line two and Judith. Judith, how are you doing today? Hi. Hi, Andrew. Uh, yes, I'm calling about the other Andrew. I yes. am livid. Um, I'm finding out that he wants to be the comeback kid, hoping we will forget, okay, that number one, he's the one that signed on to this destructive bail reform. Yep. And number two, mandating nursing homes to take in COVID elderly, yep. which infected and murdered thousands. And his own words, he would he knew COVID means death. He knew and, what he was doing. And Judith, and by the way, frankly, by the way, on that, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but by the way, on that, you know, what he's been trying to do to rehabilitate on all this is trying to tell you a myth that the federal government tied his arms on all this which they didn't at all. They ultimately let him use the uh, the the ship that came up. I know it was the Comfort, the USS Comfort, uh, however the state wanted. And as soon as the admiral basically told him, hey, we don't want COVID patients, they talked to the White House, and the White House immediately said, no, use this exactly as you want. Um, and so this is a complete myth in terms of what, or he's basically saying that that's a mandate that stood from the White House. It absolutely was not. And I could tell you, I was with President Trump when he was on the phone with Cuomo saying, use this as you need to. I'm not going to get in your way on this. Just make sure you protect New Yorkers. Go on, Judith. Andrew. Oh, thank you, Andrew. Isn't he the one? He's such an idiot. He's such a dumbbell. Isn't he the one that was that that was part of the housing de- debacle with the HUD? Remember the HUD thing? He was. He was the secretary he, of HUD. He was under Clinton. He he ruined everything. He did a whole. I don't know. It was so many bankruptcies because of him. And you know. And as far as universities goes, you're talking about them. All they teach is bigotry. And hatred. Yeah. That's all they teach. Yeah. Bigotry and hatred. That's what you get out of university. And Judith, anyway. all great points and all reasons why Andrew Cuomo is not qualified to forget about lead a city or a state. But I, I feel bad for his dog, Champ Cuomo. He's probably not qualified to lead him on a walk anywhere. But there's one other one that I think is so important considering what New York City is going through right now. And the fact that he's giving advice on our illegal immigrant crisis that's going on here in new york remember andrew cuomo was one of the people leading the charge saying that ice agents are thugs and we won't let them here in new york state in new york city to do the job that they needed to do to make sure that our border was secure and to make sure that our country was secure so this is a guy who is completely practicing revisionist history because he's trying to figure out a way how he can get back into power again not because he wants to really serve new yorkers because he wants to serve himself as the one and only curtis lewa says king cuomo i won't go in curtis's spiel on this because he does it 10 times better than i do but he truly in his mind is king cuomo let's go to larry on line four wants to talk about jack uh, evil eyes smith he's really an evil eyes curtis you want to talk about it. look at those eyes larry go ahead yeah actually i switched topics andrew oh, you don't go mind. Ahead. I'm, I, throw them at me yeah 
because, because I, I expected your father, but I want to. Sp- you were speaking about the uh, <clears throat> the uh, the uh, <clears throat> Ivy League president. Yes. So I want to get into that. Yeah. You know, I, I, about the Justice Department, I think that the intimidation of Jewish students on campus highlights the biggest the fact that this is the most dysfunctional Justice Department. Yep. Because this would have been a golden opportunity if they're going to assume nefarious motives for people who march on January 6th. You know, then why why aren't they prosecuting the intimidation of students? Why are they giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying First Amendment? They didn't give the January 6th benefit of the doubt and said this is passions over a stolen election. Larry, it's a great point. And on top of that, on top of that, think about this, what the DOJ has also done on top of the January 6th defendants. They've called. Um, they've called parents that are speaking out at school boards domestic terrorists. They've labeled pro-lifers as terrorists, potentially. So you're absolutely right. The double standard is right in front of our face. Go on. I was going to give that example, too. Yes. But, uh, but, but I figured the January 6th is more of a parallel yep. example because they're assuming nefarious motives. They're saying that the passion of a stolen election, of a possible stolen election and the subversion of the U.S. government is inferior to the passion of exercising your freedom of speech and yelling that you should get killed. Yeah. Could you believe this? And, S- and, and sadly, also, with this and, GOJ, and, I absolutely can. I absolutely can, Larry. You're, you're absolutely right. Go, go on. Make your make your second point. There. All, and in terms of the presidents, okay, they, the the uh, a campus is an artificial environment. It is not a regular environment. Mm-hmm. When you scream. Uh, Intifada or the River to the Sea, these students are trapped in their dorms. They're captive audiences. So actually, it's a direct threat. It goes from hate speech to threatening speech. And um, these university presidents are smart enough to know that. But what they did was, did you see the way she was smirking, the U of P president, when she answered the question? She was smirking because she knew that there was a distinction, but she thought nobody would catch her on it, okay? Amazing. That she would yell free speech, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're, you're, look, Larry, you're absolutely right. I think that's really, really well said, and I think that's a really important parallel to make where you can see exactly not just where these universities come down and the double standard of that, but our double standard of our Justice Department. It is, it's crazy when you see this, when the way that they treat our January 6th defendants um and the way they treat parents at school board meetings who are asking for answers from their school board, they're domestic terrorists potentially. And by the way, that guy they labeled a domestic terrorist, you remember what happened to his daughter. It's not like he was just speaking out and being rowdy. His daughter was sexually assaulted in the bathroom by somebody who was claiming to be a woman who actually was a man. And by the way, you know what that school board did? It's not like they reported it to the authorities and had this guy arrested, they just transferred him. And then that guy who was identifying as a woman did it again. Did it again. That's what you're dealing with over here. So uh, you're absolutely right. And I think it's a really, really great parallel when you look at all this. Let's go to Max on line three wants to talk about the Islamic threat in Israel and how it's coming here. Go ahead, Max. Yes. Um, again, uh, something else came to mind here. Um, Please. Uh, let's not forget what Hochul tried to implement here. Um, forced quarantine. Yeah. Rule number 2.13. Well, uh, so, Max, go on about that, because I actually just this last week had on my podcast one of the members 
of the assembly from the Albany area uh, to talk exactly about this. Somebody who is suing the state. They just lost this on appeal, as a matter of fact. And really, originally, the legislatures who sued Hochul and the Department of Health on this, which is involuntarily detaining. That's right. Involuntarily arresting you ended up winning it on a um, because it um, because it violated New Yorkers due process, because this is something that should have come out of the legislature. But it couldn't even pass a supermajority Democratic legislature. So instead, they did it by executive edict with the Department of Health and the governor. On top of the fact, forget about, so you take the, the due process, or I should say, you take the separation of powers there, which is why it got thrown out. It actually is a violation of your due process, if you think about it, being involuntarily quarantined without a real reason. That's it. Sorry, go on. Uh, we lost him. We lost him. Okay, but you know what? Max makes a great point. I'm sorry I cut him off because I think he was going to make more great points on this. But I would urge you to go and take a look. I'm going to post it on my social media very shortly, at Andrew H. Giuliani. You could also see it on uh, wabcradio.com on the podcast there, uh, the Andrew Giuliani Show. But I did a full breakdown of Rule 2-13, New York State involuntarily quarantining, quarantining procedures, something that the State Assembly wouldn't even touch couldn't pass it, didn't even bring it to the floor because it was something that I think too many of the liberal members of the state assembly and Senate realized that it was going to be an absolute uh, terrible, completely unpopular, if you will. And long story short on this, again, I'd urge you to go take a look at this podcast because it really breaks it down here. Um, they are violating New Yorkers' due process rights by involuntarily quarantining you if the governor and or the commissioner of health in Albany, the state commissioner of health, deems that you are a health risk to New Yorkers. Doesn't mention the timing, doesn't mention how you can get out of it. Um, so this is a real violation of your due process rights. And you think about the amazing thing about all this, the reason why these members of the assembly that had challenged this ended up getting it overturned in the court of appeals. So turning back to Hochul, right? They originally got the, um, they originally got the edict overturned in the New York courts and then it was back enforceable, let's say. And they lost, these members of the assembly lost. So basically this law, while it is going to the top court of appeals here in New York and you still have one more uh, rung to go, if you will, this now is on the books. The reason why these members of assembly got it thrown out was because they said that they did not have standing. Now, if that sounds familiar, you heard that with all of these Trump cases with regards to the election, that they did not have standing, which was complete BS because these citizens did have standing with regards to the election cases is what the media continues to cite when saying Trump never actually won. No, no, the truth is, the courts just decided not to hear it. But think about how absurd the fact that the courts were saying that members of the assembly did not have standing when the governor is making a rule, making a rule to involuntarily quarantining you. As a citizen of New York alone, they had standing. But then as a citizen who is elected to represent other New Yorkers in the rulemaking process, 
The rulemaking process, by the way, that the governor is going around so that way they can and she can enforce her own set of rules and portray them as laws to New Yorkers. It is beyond imagination, but it's what we're living with here in New York. Well, look, as we get back, we will hear the Tunnel to Towers, Mayor Final Thoughts. Stay right with us, and I'll be back in a few short minutes for Andrew Giuliani's Mayor's Final Thoughts. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Well, the mayor's final thoughts are sponsored by Tunnel the Towers Foundation. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. we got some breaking news actually coming out as uh, the mayor's final thoughts today. Uh, you may have seen something that we had expected, but this just ended up happening. that new, The New York courts have tossed the congressional maps, so we will see redistricting here in the state of New York which in reading, and again, I'm just kind of doing this in real time, in reading what uh, the judge, Anthony Canataro, who it was a 4-3 decision, by the way, so a split decision, if you will, to use a uh, a prize-fighting term on this. But uh, one of the judge who wrote the dissent on this said the Constitution mandates that the resulting constitutionally enacted and uh, unchallenged maps remain in force until the next federal census. That would be in 2030, re- redistricting for 2032 per the New York State Constitution. This time, however, politics triumphs over free and fair elections. And look, you think about New York right now, we have a lot of toss-up districts, right? You think about Lawler's district up there, Molinaro's district, the New York, New York 3 district, obviously. Santos has been getting a ton of attention because of all of his shenanigans and all that stuff. New York 4 is one that the Esposito is one, but that's going to be a tight one coming back in. Uh, even New York 1 is one that's uh, that's tough. That's on Long Island there. So you have about five or six ones. The one in Syracuse that Brandon Williams is the member of Congress. You have a bunch of competitive districts, what it should be, competitive districts. But, of course, they're playing politics with all this. So here's what I expect. I expect that it's going to go to the redistricting commission. You're not going to be able to agree on the maps over here, which is originally what it was meant to do when this was signed into law by Andrew Cuomo, who I'll get to in a second over here. Um, but now you're going to have the supermajorities in the state legislature, Democratic supermajorities, draw these maps again. And look for crazy districts like what we saw out of Staten Island, which would pair Staten Island with Park Slope in Brooklyn, which makes no sense. Look for the Connecticut to Block Island district, as I like to call it, which is that crescent moon going around the Long Island Sound from the Connecticut border in Rye, New York, all the way out to Suffolk County, because that's what you're going to get for a New York 3. It's absolutely crazy, and Rich is looking at me with the, uh, can you believe it? No, I can't believe it at all, Rich. It's absolutely nuts. But that's sadly what we're going to be getting. So some breaking news here for you on the way out. By the way, a little more breaking news. And uh, uh, Curtis Lee doesn't want Andrew Cuomo to run for mayor, and he's got a change.org thing going on. So Curtis has asked me to plug his Twitter, which I'll always plug Curtis. Curtis is He's the best, you know, he's crazy, but he's the best. He's our crazy guy. Um, but Curtis wants you to go to change.org, go to his Twitter and stop Cuomo from running for New York City mayor. I got to tell you, I kind of want Cuomo to run for mayor just because I want to see Curtis 
getting a prize fight with that guy, and I want to take him down. And, and frankly, honestly, I may just run so that way I could I could take him out because I would love to take him out in a debate. I'm not running for mayor. Don't don't worry about it. This is I'm I'm clearing the way for Curtis Lewa over here. I've I've read that uh, Curtis wants it cleared for him from the Republican side, and I'm listening to the old. Jedi master over here, uh, but I am looking forward to getting some popcorn ready for a potential Cuomo Sliwa thing. But go on to change.org and see what Curtis has cooking up right there. I think it's pretty good, and I think it certainly will highlight kind of the radical ideas of Andrew Cuomo. One quick call before we go. Who wants to talk about Cuomo? Jay, you got 20 seconds. Cuomo's chances for mayor. Okay. Uh, number one, Curtis. Number two, you. <laughs> I like it. That sounds that sounds good. What do you think Cuomo's chances are that he's running for mayor? Oh, I I, I really don't know. I I hope there's zero. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, you got to go uh, to change.org and go to Curtis's uh, Twitter and sign it right there because uh, he wants to make it zero right there. You know, look, crazy times we're living in between these maps over here. What we're seeing with these university presidents. The fact that you've got Biden in the Oval Office with a foreign leader who realizes that he owns him here. And it just goes on and on and on. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to stand up for our Constitution. That's what we're doing here every single day at WABC and our First Amendment. Thank you for tuning in. America's Mayor will be back tomorrow. God bless you. God bless America. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.